Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan explore movies in the cinematic canon. My name is Isaac Ransom, your resident casual, and I am joined with, again, Juzo Greenwood, subbing in as the expert. We do not have Cameron with us today, but <laughs> Juzo, how are you doing? Uh, very good. Where is Cameron, by the way? Uh, he's, he on, often... he's on vacation. He's lost in the mountains. Um, one of the reoccurring jokes between Cameron and I is there was this trip that he took in high school uh where i thought he went to to cabo because he wasn't for some reason i thought he said he was going to cabo and he wasn't responding to my text messages and i was a really stupid high schooler so i was like i was like cameron is like he's not making he's not gonna make it out of uh, out cabo you know um and he was like in like colorado or something it was like i just oh. was fully dyslexic uh-huh. for a moment with his text messaging but um so he's probably in cabo um that's my having a good time <laughs> that's my guess no i i think he's somewhere in the mountains still in still in the states um but yes juzo how's life how are you doing i'm doing pretty well uh i mean i don't know nothing nothing that exciting to report i mean i've i've watched a lot of uh a lot of good movies lately other than nope which i saw again which is just terrific um but nothing that exciting to um talk about i guess how about you what have you been up to yeah i mean just working staying pretty busy having a chaotic life uh <laughs> yeah up until yeah, right up until some uh wedding planning stuff but i'm glad you got to see nope if you didn't catch our review that was last week's episode really good conversation on that movie i'm like hungry to watch some more jordan peele films and i think yeah. i might i might go back and revisit us because it's been a it's been a little while so i need I'm to thinking of watching both as well yeah 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 i need i need to rewatch it um but i have been probably the most the most exciting part of my life is that i i did some cake tasting for the wedding which is a very unique experience very um hmm. uh very very comical uh situation that uh, my fiance Jules and i were in we uh we had to drive up um to the sacramento area cuz that's where the venue is and we got kind of local vendors um and we were supposed to do this cake tasting and her parents have a house up there, but they call us halfway through and they both told us that they had COVID. And so we were like, shoot, like, what are we supposed to do uh, in this time? I guess we'll just kind of, uh, you know, make it a really long day trip. But right. I was kind of anticipating being able to work from her parents' house. So we were kind of like hopping coffee shops and using the Wi-Fi <laughs> so I could work out the rest of my day. Oh, shoot. And then we drive to this, um, literally this farm in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that's apparently where the baker <laughs> runs their shop. And I was like, this is just not good. Like, I'm just telling you right now, like, we're just <laughs> set up for a horror movie. You know, maybe maybe I've been watching too much. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was it was it was really interesting. I was like, "What? Uh, just think about this for a second. You're going to a place for a cake tasting. Like, how do you think they do that? Just think about it for a second. What do you mean? Like, I was like, did they bake a bunch of full size cakes, and then we only get like a slice? And I mean, I assume. Oh, I guess yeah. What are they doing with the rest of the cake? Is that your question? Yeah, because we had to pay for it too. Like, it costs money to do the cake tasting. 
So, yeah. and it wasn't like super cheap. Either. It wasn't like five or 10 bucks. Like it was, it was so a like, decent amount. Give us the rest of the cake. What's yeah. going on here? So it was like this package thing. They were just cupcakes, but I was like, I wonder if like, you know, if you're a baker, like volume, like does it change the flavor? I'm not even entirely sure, you know. It's probably um, about the same. I don't, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this by any means. Long, long story short, you know, we tried the cakes and we drove back and it was the longest day of my life. But um, it was, <laughs> you know, what was, the, what was the best? What was the or the candidates? I could, uh, we tried one that was like chocolate. Another one was Funfetti. Another one was pumpkin. And the last one was really weird. It was like an almond cake. And okay. she was like, you're not going to believe me, but the almond cake is going to be your favorite. And she was right. Um, oh, really? it, it was like extremely pleasant vanilla cake with like just that hint of almond in there. It's all handmade. So it was wow, wow, nice, very exciting. Um, <laughs> but I've been watching some movies actually. Uh, one, which I'm surprised I haven't seen was called world's end. It's one of Edgar Wright's films. Uh, I am not done with it. I have 20 minutes left of the movie. Mm. I really enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. I understand why some people didn't like it after hot fuzz, because it does feel a little more silly. I, I think there's there's oh. it it feels much less grounded than Hot Fuzz. Although even though huh. Hot Fuzz goes off the rails, I think this movie goes off the rails much sooner and with less build up, and so it feels a little um, a little cheap maybe to some audiences. But I I was surprised how much I was enjoying it right off the bat. Um, I love the chaotic editing at the beginning that explains the plot of the bar crawl. Um, oh yeah, it's Fantastic. it's just like I, I'm I I was having such a fun time watching it with Glenn, and I was upset that we had to go to bed. But I'm going to finish it. So far, love it, Edgar Wright. You're awesome. I'm gonna watch I, Last Night in Soho too. I can't wait. I you gotta check it out. That's that's an okay movie, but I think The World's End is like terrific and kind of kind of an underrated movie I, I really think it's probably my favorite he movie he's made other than hot fuzz um it's interesting you say it's sillier because i was gonna say i thought maybe people responded to it negatively because it was a little bit more serious or a little bit more um there's some darker elements to it you know it's definitely about getting older and about a person who's kind of refusing to grow up i guess um and i thought peg and, and nick frost was give a surprisingly good dramatic because he's kind of the comic he's the comic sidekick in hot fuzz but yeah. this he's 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 a good straight man um and you know the supporting cast is great i just i just uh, think it's a really terrific movie absolutely love nick frost i watched him in another series where he was goofy with the ginger dude from um uh harry potter it was like some netflix original oh really the uh, ron Weasley guy yeah it was really Rupert weird Grant. um but it was also very like harsh British humor. Um, huh. but so far, World's End, really enjoy it. Uh mm-hmm. I think it's I think I don't know. I have I gotta finish it. Uh and I also started watching another movie that I didn't finish, but I had already seen with Glenn. We started watching The Shining, which oh. um he has not seen all the way through, and he got really scared by the time we were done watching it. <laughs> I really enjoy this movie. I didn't realize how much I liked it. I always forget that they have like that little interaction at the beginning where he explains what shining is, how there's like mm-hmm. kind of like a supernatural good that's introduced uh, mm-hmm. or, or it's, mm-hmm. it's almost a supernatural neutral, you know, like you're not, it's just a mechanic in the movie that's introduced and it's, um, 
it's great. It's it 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 explains such a trippy movie in a very basic like system like like it sets it up plot wise as like oh mm-hmm. you know sometimes people sometimes places can like kind of speak in your mind you know and it's like it's very um it's a very believable way to represent some kind of like spiritual experience right yeah it's i mean it's all you need you know it's like he just gives you a little bit and yeah i think a lot of movies and horror movies tend to over explain um especially towards the end of the movie and it gets larded but i like that shining is pretty is a pretty pure experience but obviously a great movie yeah yeah so uh, we had to turn off because glenn was scared i guess maybe it's a curse my brother and i have not been able to finish a movie together but we did get back around to finishing 2001 which he uh, he liked except for the ending he was like that was so stupid he was like i don't understand what it's even saying and i was like well it's just part of the thing i guess um so yeah i i, I uh i'm trying to think if there's anything else i've been watching a lot of Shit's creek have you watched that show mm-hmm. um it's actually got a really interesting production history uh because one of the characters the um the son of the family like it's his creative project and the dad in the show like Mm -hmm. helped produce it and so i don't know like i find it a much more endearing and fun version of uh what's that show i might get a lot of hate for this but um parks parks and recreation have you watched that show I mean, maybe an episode or two. I feel like Parks and Recreation is like the lowest. We did an episode about this a long time ago, but it's like the, oh, we never released it. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, We did this episode about um, The Office, Parks and Rec, and uh, what was it? Arrested Development. Those three. And it it was kind of like the whole plot of the (laughs) plot. The whole idea of the episode was like... uh, you know, storyline heavy with low absurdity. The office is that perfect balance of story and absurdity. And then Arrested Development is full absurdity, like zero mm-hmm. story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like wow. Shit's Creek kind of leans more in that like story with some absurdity. Um, mm-hmm. like, a, But it's more story focused. And I just find it like in comparison to Parks and Rec because it's not as crazy as The Office or Arrested Development. I feel like it's still somehow more engaging than that show. Um, I think that the humor is a little bit tighter and I, I just think it's neat being a show that is, it started a lot smaller than as, than it is now. It's much more popular because of its Netflix presence. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's all I've been watching. Uh, but you are listening to Cinema Spectator, and we're going to talk about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get exclusive benefits like content from our Patreon, having the ability to write in questions, all that good stuff. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can give us a rating, tell friends and family, share the show. All that stuff helps You know this podcast. We appreciate your time. We're really thankful that you're listening to this show. And I think it's time to get into this movie, Juzo. Wait, 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 hold on. We don't want to hear from you about Bullet Train. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, what? Bullet Train? No, no, we don't need to talk about the stuff I've seen. No, Bullet Train, I was just going to... Oh, wait <laughs> a second. Wait a second. So whoa, whoa, whoa. horrible. Hold on, because you kind of passed it to me. I'm used to answering like what I've been watching last because of Cameron hosting oh, no, the no, show. No, I know, I was sort of joking. I, I, we don't I need was to like, talk I was like, what have you, you know, have you seen a movie that you think is worth talking about, Juzo? Well, I just was, I, in a way, I'm mentioning Bullet Train just to warn people because that movie is so terrible 
that oh. uh, and I and I somehow got hooked into seeing it out of my love of Brad Pitt and of you know that guy made a good action movie a few years ago but yeah uh, World War Z bad. right no 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 I mean oh, no. the director <laughs> made Atomic Blonde oh oh good. but no it's horrible um no we don't need to talk about get into any of this uh Spartacus I watched Ugh. Very bad. Anyway. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Well, give us a little bit of context intro. Juzo, you picked Close Encounters of the Third to- Kind, obviously piggybacking off Nope, right? The UFO mm-hmm. thing. I don't know if we're doing a UFO alien themed month. I don't think we are, but we just thought it would be a fun sort of movie to jump off of. And obviously there's inspiration. Why did you want to do this movie, Juzo? Well, I mean, we kind of just threw it out there. Partly because you said your dad is a big fan of the movie and we were talking about uh, Signs and and Nope and all these kind of movies that are um, inspired by Spielberg. I think it's it pairs does pair very nicely with Nope. And I think it in a way pairs nicely with The Post also as you know, just as a Spielberg um, at different stages of his career. Um, but no, this is kind of one of the calling card Spielberg movies, obviously. I mean, most people know what this movie is. Um, it has a kind of an interesting history because he basically made a version of this movie when he was like 16 or 17 and he was um, he made it for like $500 and worked with his parents and he wrote the score. He shot it himself. And, and that version is called Firelight. I don't think it exists anywhere, but um, it was sort of his like entry point into making movies as a, as a kid. Um, and then once he had the success of Jaws, he sort of came back to this idea. It's one of the few movies he has a screenplay credit on. Like this was his idea, his inspiration. Um, and I, you know, I think it remains one of the one of the great movies he's made. Um, though we can we can get into any you know nitpicks or, or you know aspects of the movie uh, we we feel agnostic about. But um, no, it's a wonderful movie. Obviously, like the post I sort of picked as a joke as kind of the ultimate non-canonical Spielberg movie. Um, so it's sort of fitting that this is the, you know, the classic Spielberg. Um, but so this is the first time you've seen it? Yeah, yeah. I have. It's weird because it's one of those movies in pop culture that you're like, I think I know everything about this movie without having ever seen it. Right, right. right. Um, and so watching it uh, this time my first time, which I think I might need to see this movie again, but I, I found a lot of the moments to be unsurprising and very like classic is probably the best way to put it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, from the, the toys animating to life to like all the pop culture references of like, Oh, this means something, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like it's not even a reference. It's just so many things now have referenced this. that movie. Exactly. Exactly. So it was almost like strangely like, um, not shocking at all. You know, like it was, it was very like, Oh, this is, this is like the kind of the quintessential UFO movie, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, from, you know, the big, saucers with the farmhouse and things like that and and uh kind of like the rural country american lifestyle and the connection i don't know if there's a direct connection but kind of that desert area 51 feel um Mm -hmm. with this movie right like all those things are sort of they they've existed but never been paired in such a um in such a like film that does it very like Hollywood 
this is like the alien movie. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I think that there are, I've seen older, you know, sci-fi movies with aliens and UFOs in the past, but this one feels like the, I don't know if it's attached, but like the Universal Studios version of like, you know, an alien story or something like well, that. It's one of the first modern, modern ones. I think a lot of, if you watch the other sci-fi movies from before this, um, they're going to feel a little more antiquated a little bit in terms of the special effects, in terms of the style, in terms of the pacing. Though actually, I mean, I would say this movie's pacing is definitely dialed back a lot from uh, the pacing of modern, even modern Spielberg films. Um, but definitely it's it is it is the template for a lot of filmmakers and a lot of people are uh, trying to uh, kind of you know get what Spielberg gets. And occasionally in the case of like Jordan Peele. Uh, you know, achieving something. I, I would, I would say, nope is is as great a film as this. Um, but often, often people falling short. Um, by the way, was that what you wanted when I you're talking about intro? Did you want me to like give a synopsis of the movie? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, Guy. I well, yeah, we can we can give a little bit of context for those who haven't seen it. Yeah, you, you go ahead, Juzo. Just oh, it's just just. I mean, it's a pretty simple idea. Just that uh, a guy makes contact with. Uh, something from outer space basically and it causes him to lose his mind and or at least become obsessed with the whole thing and um no that's about it yeah Yeah, it's it's just it's a straightforward plot but it's not really just him it's like kind of this alien presence is rallying a bunch of people in the town they're all Mm -hmm. being affected in different ways by this this you know sighting or you know interaction with the ufos and they're kind of flying around and um yeah it's it it feels like how do i say this it feels like there's a lot being captured with this town as like a character um mm-hmm. it's like this community is experiencing this mm-hmm. in the in the movie and we get small bits and pieces from different characters but although there is a protagonist it really doesn't feel like there is or at least for me in this movie because you're following different characters in the community and their home lives and suddenly now we're getting like you know different looks at people beginning to obsess with the ufos on the side of the road and the way that the government is responding to the ufos and stuff it feels much much more broad than i anticipated and i think to this Mm -hmm. movie's detriment at least for my watching i found it to be less engaging because I didn't have that like character that I was super bought in with. Um, Mm. I, I think that's probably this movie's biggest flaw. If it, you know, if you want to nitpick is that I didn't feel like there was someone that I was really rooting for or like excited about. Um, There wasn't a character that I was like, I need to see more of this person on screen. I was just kind of like, so what's happening? You know, like that's kind of how I felt when I was watching this movie. I was like, what's that? There's UFOs. What's going on? You know? Um, and I think that's how the characters feel too. Right. That's part mm-hmm. of, that's part of the movie is like, we need to figure out what, what this thing is. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe it's just the modern viewing where I'm like, yeah, we have to figure out what it is. We no- also know what it is, you know, like it, it's, <laughs> that's, what's kind of like, I think maybe made this movie feel a little more dated than it should have. Well, I was going to say that I think that's what something that makes it a little bit unusual is, is there's it's sort of an omniscient perspective of, from the movie. If you compare it to something like E.T., 
that entire film is seen through the eyes of Elliot, of the kid. I mean, I guess you get a little bit of a prologue, but almost entirely from the one character. And this movie, you see a lot through the point of view of uh, the, the, I would say he is the protagonist, Roy Neary, but it is showing you the scientist and it's showing you the French guy investigating the whole thing. So in a way, you know more than the characters. And also, I just think emotionally that causes a little bit more distance than something like E.T. where you're identifying so intimately with um, with Elliot or even any, you know, uh, compared to Jaws or whatever, you're pretty intimately with, uh, you know, Roy Scheider's character in that movie. Um, so it, it, the movie, I wouldn't say it has the same emotional resonance. I think it just in general, it's not as um, it has that the the sense of wonder that the Spielberg likes to evoke. But I don't I do, it doesn't like uh, move me as deeply as some of his other movies, I, I, I would admit. Um, but I think that you do have a, cert, a certain a, amount of identification with Neri's character, with that sort of obsession and that that feeling of um, the search for meaning and the search for understanding sort of um, of what it, what sort of what what's going on, what life is all about. I think there's definitely a lot of parallels. I mean, at least watching it this time around, a lot of parallels with the idea of faith in this movie and just the idea of the sort of. Um, certain people believing in something and and then and coming up against the doubt of other people and even sometimes like the gaslighting of, of other people. Um, so I think you have a certain amount of identification through that sort of um, what's a pretty universal human uh, human need, I guess, at, at the heart of the movie. Yeah, I th- I that's why I wanted I want to watch this movie again, because I found myself more disinterested with Spielberg's wonder uh in this in this viewing like I know what you're saying like that's his charm but for some reason it wasn't charming me and Mm -hmm. it could have been the way I walked in watching it but I was pretty excited to see it especially after seeing nope and I was like why am I not connecting with anybody you know why am I not feeling with these characters at all and what is this movie even trying to say you know and from the the ending, mo- the movie ends um, pretty abruptly with no post reflection in some kind of way. You know, like the movie kind of it reveals an aspect of, about the, you know the UFOs and stuff, and then it kind of just leaves you with that, uh, and you get mm-hmm. some emotional facial reactions to what's going on, but there's really not too much else so i think this movie kind of does poke at you a little bit to be like well what what does it mean what are we saying right Mm -hmm. it's interesting you bring up the faith aspect because i i do think there's something about this movie that feels um it's it's definitely it's definitely related to life and purpose but even some of the visuals in the movie invoke something in the, me that kind of reminded me of like, I don't know. I don't know why I felt this way, but like some, you know, like in, in, in Christian belief, like they talk about like, Oh, the end times. Right. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is like visual um, aspects, like kind of capture an apocalyptic feel um, mm-hmm. with like the harsh reds and the, and the orange lightning in the sky and stuff like that. And, Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I was like, I don't, 
I don't know how to feel about this movie, right? That's pretty much the main takeaway that I wanted to, to come forward with in this show because I, I'm surprised. You know, I think doing this podcast and watching some of Spielberg's work has made me see like, wow, Spielberg isn't just a good director. He's not even just an old director. He's like a great director, you know, like he is like one of the greats. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think I had some pretty high expectations going into this film. Mm-hmm. I will also say this. I watched E.T. as a kid and I hated that. I was like, no, oh, really? dude, I'm not into this movie. It's weird. You know, I'm not like, I don't get E.T. is not cute. He is weird. I am not. A, I just don't get this. If I was a kid, I'd, you know, say, <laughs> where's the, where's the gun, dad? You know, what is that? You know, get rid of it. So have you watched it since you're a kid? No, no. I'm like, really? I don't want to, I don't want to watch that ever again. You know? <laughs> like, oh, oh, I think if you watched it again, I, I think that's just a wonderful movie, but yeah, I, uh, you should check it out. Again. I, I, I definitely think I should, especially with your, I thought it was interesting when you were talking about like, Oh, like ET is more of the personal, you know, character story. Uh, it's like Spielberg's like character drama, like the character drama is more the focus in that alien story compared to this one. Oh, sure. Um, it's one of the most deeply moving films ever made for me, at least. Yeah, I, I, I should revisit it, but I think there was something about my my uh, my youth from from the past that was coming out when I was watching this movie. Where I was like Spielberg alien movies. This is just, this is where he doesn't win me over, you know? And I was starting to feel that like halfway through where I was like, that guy made E.T., didn't he? I don't know why. Uh, You know, like I was like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. And so, um, which are the ones you really dig, but I'm curious. Which Spielbergs are you like really into? So like, so Indiana Jones. Oh my gosh. How can you not like Indiana Jones? You know, yeah, I would think. Yeah. Um, and I loved how the scene with, um, the little kids like abduction in this movie reminded, it reminded me so much of, um, the scene with the arc and the clouds and things like that. You know, the way, the way that he used like the clouds and the arc of the covenant at the end of Raiders and stuff. I was like, dang, that is like, that was probably my favorite, um, scene in the whole movie. And, um, Oh yeah. That's amazing. scene. So, yeah, I I think the moment with me and Spielberg that like clicked is when Cameron forced me to go see um the musical that he put out. The uh, West Side Story? Yeah. West Side oh. Story. When I watched West Side Story, I was like, I hate musicals. And there's no way I'm gonna like this movie. And I watched it and I was like, he just must be one of the legendary directors. Cause I, I don't know how you get Isaac to walk out of a movie and not shoot himself after watching a two hour musical. Two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah two yeah. And a half. I was like, there's no way I'm making it through this. So, and, and even like, I was like, I couldn't even admit it when I walked out of the theater. I was like, yeah, like it was good. And we did a review <laughs> and stuff, but it really clicked with me when, um, I was at home and I saw they had it on HBO. I was like, Oh, you know what, Glenn, you got to watch this movie. And like, I just started mm. playing it in front yeah. of him and Glenn was like, what, why are we, what are you doing? Like, why are we watching it? I don't want to watch. And I was like, Oh no. Oh no. It happened. You know, <laughs> like that, that was the moment where I was like, okay, Spielberg, he's a legend, you know, like mm-hmm. I can't believe he did that. My, my past understanding of Spielberg is like Indiana Jones is awesome. Everything else I saw from him as a kid, I wasn't too into it. Jurassic Park, did you like that? That includes Jurassic Park. I did really? not like Jurassic Park as a kid. I did not like E.T. Pretty scary as a kid. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. Like I just remember watching it and like I was like, okay, John Williams slaps, but like that's just a mm. that's a dinosaur with like that's like bad graphics dinosaur. You know, like oh, I, come I on. Just, it looks pretty good. I think I, it looks for nineties, <laughs> early nineties, it looks pretty damn good. Uh, well, as a kid, I was just watching, I was like, this is just that's it. Like I did I didn't uh, that's that's the thing about it though. It's that whole Spielberg wonder, right? Like mm. he He's like, I'm going to tap into you as a viewer and make you have like this kind of epiphany wonder when watching the movies. And when that doesn't land for me, I'm like, this is like what I'm not drawn to with Spielberg movies is I don't Mm -hmm. I'm not buying into the wonder. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think there's something to it where it's like he's it's like he's outstretching his hand and he's saying, like, come with me and experience the wonder that I see the world with. And I think there you're you're definitely not alone that there are people who react to that as like yeah 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 nice try dude you know like i'm not experiencing any kind of that wonder or you do reach out and you you experience it um and allow yourself to get sort of manipulated by the music and the the camera pushing in on people's faces as they react to something um and so it's like you what you respond to more in spielberg is the like hard driving intensity of and, you know, because Raiders and like Indiana Jones movies are very unsentimental and they're not about like, oh, my God, the, this is so beautiful and amazing. It's just like um, pure storytelling, you know, just fast moving uh, movies. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I because I'm looking at his the movies he's done. In middle school, I watched Saving Private Ryan, and that was a moment really? for me where I was like. That movie was amazing, and I didn't watch it again up until recently when we reviewed it on the show, and that mm. even further solidified it where I was like, Spielberg knows how to do characters, like, mm-hmm. and so, like, he convinced me with that, with West Side Story, how much character is given when people are, you know, skipping around in the streets, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, to me, I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even like that, but I'm like convinced by these characters, I'm, my, my heart is kind of tugging with them. Mm-hmm. in this movie that I didn't want to like, right? Mm-hmm. And then seeing like Saving Private Ryan, like, oh my goodness, you love that squad in the movie. Mm-hmm. Did he direct Back to the Future? Is that true? No, no, no. He he produced it. Yeah. That's that's a Megas. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, like for me, those are the those are the Spielberg things that like really stick uh, in in my mind. And I think I think we're getting on to something good with this episode, which is like what what makes you buy into the wonder and what doesn't make you buy into the wonder. And is that what like limits Spielberg as a director, a.k.a. what limits him is like the viewer's own ability to just kind of be open to that experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think. You look at the movies that he directs and they're so different. Every mm-hmm. every single one is like very different. So there's a chance you're going to see a Spielberg movie that you kind of already have a bias to be bought into the wonder. You know, mm-hmm. I watch uh, Saving Private Ryan. To be honest, the wonder is the horrors of World War Two, right? Like yeah, you're wit- yeah. you're witnessing it, and then yeah, and the filmmaking also. Just yeah, to, like I can't believe he pulled this off. Yeah, you sit there and you're watching it, and 
I, for me, biasly, uh, like my bias is like I'm already bought in, like from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? So you have an interest in the subject matter. I have an interest. Do I, do I have an interest in, in dinosaurs? No, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. so uh, th- th- genuinely, like maybe it's, again, my problem that I'm closed off to his, honestly, like very smiling, excited, and adventurous journey into dinosaurs, right? I really need to. I have only seen Jurassic Park like once as as a kid. Yeah, I think I think Jurassic Park and ET are uh, are worth looking at again. Especially Jurassic Park, I think, is more in the Indiana Jones um, mode. ET is a more emotional movie, a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It's 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 more of a, a, a character study or a, a movie, a coming of age movie than an action movie. Though there is a great, there are great set pieces. Um, I mean, could I sort of talk through my like my reaction watching Close Encounters again? Yeah. I sort of understand a little bit of what you're saying because I I have to say that while I think it's like a really great movie and and definitely um, I don't know I mean like I've watched the movie many times over my life and and I have a huge respect for it. I do have a little bit of the reaction you're talking about of not quite being moved by it, even the way that I am moved by some of his like historical dramas, like bridge of spies or stuff like that, or Lincoln, you know? Um, because when I, at the beginning of the movie, to me, I'm, I'm just totally with it and, and completely, um, delighted by what he's doing with the filmmaking and this sort of the sense of mystery and unease and suspense he's going for. And then this, this, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it might be a little bit of a thing of, you know, like with Jaws is like this as well. Jaws famously, you know, there's this whole thing of like, he doesn't show the shark. He doesn't show the shark until later in the movie. And I think almost everyone agrees that it's a lot scarier when you don't see the shark. And then when you see the shark, you're like, oh, it's an animatronic shark. You know, like it's not as not as thrilling. But there's something about the the mystery, even if you know you've seen the movie before. But still the 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 scariness of um, when those lights are streaming into the house with the kid. And when he's getting pulled out of the thing and the the uh, the uh, fireplace, the things coming down the fireplace where it's just incredibly uh, disturbing, incredibly compelling. And then just the whole the whole aspect of Roy and the domestic thing is also just a great sort of portrait portrait of a uh, a family that's kind of in disarray and and of a father's sort of dissatisfaction with domestic life. I think mm. there's something very kind of um, amidst all the like, oh, isn't it beautiful and wondrous? There's something very dark about the movie at the center, which is that it's about a father who basically abandons his family and he gets, you know, I mean, are we just going to spoilers yet? Yeah, I yeah, let's remember. do it. Yeah, he's basically like, I'm just going to get, he, he gets on the ship without a second thought and he's like, it's not even like, it doesn't even occur to him that he's just leaving his family behind. And Spielberg himself has has said that if he was making the movie today, now that he is a father, um, the film would not be the same. And it would not um, he wouldn't have had him get on the ship and leave his family behind because his, you know, his understanding of family is is much different than it was when he was uh, 30 or whatever he was when he made this. Um, so it's like that the, the contrast of those elements and then the just the fantastic filmmaking um, is really what gets me early in the movie. But I felt a little bit as it went on, even though the whole thing at the end is is 
incredible and is really well done. It's a little bit drawn out and it doesn't have the same like emotional core as some of the other Spielberg movies. So I think I, un- I understand a little bit what you're saying where um, your response to it is a little bit is just a little bit muted because you're watching these people and he the music is 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 and the and the camera work and the way it's lit and all everything is pushing you towards that sort of sense of wonder but for me and it's weird because i've had that experience watching it in the past i don't really i can't really explain why maybe i was younger or maybe i was watching it for the first time i didn't know where it was going or whatever but i've had experiences where i watched that finale and i'm deeply moved by it and think it's just an incredible piece of filmmaking and i still think it's an incredible piece of filmmaking but it's just not i don't know it's it's like it's like 85% there for me where i'm i'm like wow this is this is great but i'm it's, a, it's like i'm in my head telling myself like you're loving this you're loving this but it's like i'm not i'm not like tearing up the way i am when I watch you know, anything from E.T. to West Side Story or or um, oh, and certainly Schindler's List or even Bridge of Spies, you know, um, so it's it's a little bit of a. It's, it's not a mixed reaction because, I mean, I, it's, it's definitely a positive reaction, but it's just a little bit. Um, I don't know, it, it just it just it lets me down a little bit more than I was expecting in places, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I. I do think that this is one of those movies that you should see. I wish I had saw it when I was younger. Honestly, I wish I had. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I had seen it before I consumed so many other movies about aliens or oh know, yeah, go- governments fighting aliens. Because I feel like it's a very pleasant introductory movie to that that genre, and it's also like you're saying with the family relationship and. And the ideas of faith, like there's still a lot to chew on and consider um, with this movie after the credits roll. Uh, I just mm-hmm. something about it feels very neutral after after seeing it. Um, and I I don't. It brought back some negative uh, memories of E.T. <laughs> if I'm being real, you know, like I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, I just. But I think with. Spielberg, you see, um, there's just a love for that kind of like adventurous wonder in his movies, and I, I don't know. I think we've tapped into th- something with this conversation about like being bought in and not being bought in. Uh, mm. I don't know. So I'm just gonna. <sighs> I don't know. Because I, I, I saw Lincoln too, and that was a movie that I I remember being very excited to see. Mm-hmm. And I went and saw it, I think it was like, a what, 2012? Yeah, like almost a freshman mm-hmm. yeah. in high school. Um, and I was like, I love American history. Like, I'm going to, I can't wait to see this movie. And it was just a lot of like talking, but it was also like that one, it was like, isn't this amazing? You're witnessing, you know, this speech, the Gettysburg Address. And I was like, is this really the most exciting part of, you know, the Civil War <laughs> is the Gettys? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a famous speech and you can read it. And so, you know, the words, right? Um, I don't know. I, I was just I like, remember if that is that the end of the movie when, he, when you see the Gettysburg Address. I can't remember. I don't uh, No, no, no. Because he I think his assassination happens in the movie, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but it ends with him doing his speech, the malice towards none. I'm so dumb about history. I don't even know if that's the Gettysburg address. Um, but. Yeah, I. Yes, yeah, that that was a movie that I was trying to be more bought in and maybe it was almost too, too mature for me or so or too well, like it's it's a more subtle movie than you're expecting. You're expecting something a little bit more. I mean, it's funny you bring up the Gaysburg address thing because I, I actually think the movie is much more about, you know, like small processes and political dealings behind the scenes. And it's a lot more about, um, uh, you know, people having conversations and strategizing. I mean, it's more about the passing of the 13th Amendment than it is about Lincoln's biography. even. Right. Um, and I think I don't know. I, I that's another one where I think that's one you might watch again because I had the exact same reaction when I, I was so excited to see Lincoln. I was so pumped. Daniel Day Lewis, Spielberg. And then I was like, oh, this is good. But, you know, it's a little bit boring. But yeah, I've, I've yeah. since watched it again. And and you you do get caught up in the sort of the process and the, you know, the whole thing where they're doing the vote and they're they're do, uh, tallying it from all the different people, the congressmen. And it's it's just so well done. Uh, and of course, Daniel Day-Lewis is great. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I should ahead. revisit it, but I feel like maybe that's I have yet to have that. That experience with a Spielberg movie, I think that's what I need to do next is watch a movie that didn't catch me and go back to it and let it just amaze me, you know, mm-hmm. Um and that's why I kind of wanted to say that I think I need to watch this movie again, even though it's sort of flatlined for me. I think mm-hmm. that Close Encounters can win me over on a second viewing. And I don't usually say that about movies that I feel like not as passionate about or not as excited about. Usually I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't really want to go revisit that again. Um, but with this one, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I did miss something watching it. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I let's, let's talk a little bit about the score, um, mm-hmm. which I picked up on something that I don't know if it was intentional, but it sounded to me like, um, like a very small, like musical ode at the end of the movie, again, tapping along that wonder thing. Um, it almost sounded like the Disney theme, like really slowed down from, well, just- that's the, it's the theme from Pinocchio. Yeah. It's, it's when he wished upon a star. Now, I don't know. I just, we forgot to, to touch bases about this, but well, what, do you know which version you saw of the movie? Cause there are like three different versions and one of them does a very overt when he wished upon a star. Or did you hear the, just the part where the aliens are sort of gathering around Roy and he's sort of walking onto the ship and you hear it just a little bit. I think I watched the more overt one with like, like because I think it, the, when there, it goes into space and the credits are rolling, you hear it more in the yeah special edition. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you, I don't think you have it in front of you, I assume, but no, yeah. no, no. I have no idea which one I watch. I can maybe pull it up here. Give me a sec. Yeah. The, the whole, um, he went through a few changes with that and and there was one it's it's the version he did in 98 like the shortest version that has a little like a overt quotation and apparently i think people like sort of laughed at it because it's like so associated with disney now and i I think he kind of um uh dialed it back when he did the director's cut which i think is probably the right decision 
Um, but yeah, you hear it, and you hear the "When You Wish Upon a Star" in a music box early in the movie, also. Yeah, which sort of sets it up. Um, but other than that, it's all original uh, John Williams stuff. Yeah, and we have to talk about you know, of course, the alien um, communication that the the note yeah, the five note yeah yeah it's it's I remember learning about that in band class how it's like a particular chord connection i don't i don't i don't remember the music Mm. theory behind it but it is a very beautiful melody um that kind of it invokes that mystery and wonder that that you just are like i want to know more about that and it's also i think obviously getting into the spoilers right the ending of the movie with the aliens being much more um friendly right like I like how the mo- the that melody of communication is like right like the the low note like is kind of like is it ominous or is it not like it kind of moves mm. into that minor note um I don't know if it's like a sharp it's some kind of sharp note or something Oct- uh, octave octave below yeah well we could do some music theory I could probably figure it out if we wanted to but mm. um yeah that 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 like melody it's friendly but there's always that hint of like is it friendly you know you're not quite sure right mm-hmm. um and i think that's kind of I, I i think the movie had spoiled it like i had spoiled it for myself i knew the aliens were friendly the entire time well like the, yeah, it's my fault because i said that on yeah show. it's not <laughs> no 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 no. I've, I've known that for a while yeah. um so it was kind of like yeah like i i i was not shocked or surprised by anything around that um, but it's, I, I like the musical touch. I think it adds more creativity, more excitement. Um, but honestly, like my closing thoughts on it is like, I need to watch it again. I'm sure there's something about this movie that will catch me on a second viewing. I like some of the visuals around, you know, the end times and some of the ideas around faith. And I'm glad you mentioned the, dad being like completely disconnected from his family that was really weird mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm not i'm not really like i i feel fairly flat on it juzo i don't mm-hmm. i don't know how how what more else to talk about with this movie um just because i was sort of surprised how 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 i didn't love it more mm-hmm. i mean i again i understand it and i think um, there's definitely aspects of the film that are a little bit more, um, I don't know, like just intellectual ideas about it and, and ideas about the, the family relationship. I mean, we could talk even more about just the whole, the whole family dynamics. Cause it's clearly not, it's not a happy relationship and, and family before he has the encounter, you know, he's, um, you know, clearly sort of going through, um, a difficult time with it, with his family. And it sort of exacerbates that, that issue. And I think it definitely, I'm not sure if Spielberg was going through a breakup at the time, but you can feel like this is the a film made by a person who is unhappy about his relationships and about his, um, uh, you know, balance between what he's aspiring to do in life and his domestic life holding him back. Again, I don't want to, you know, slander Spielberg. I don't know what he was going on specifically, but it's def- it is a film about um in a, fi- a way you could say it's a film about being an artist also 
just about this sort of having this compulsion to a vision for something that you can see and maybe other people can see it, but the people around you don't understand. I mean, that that metaphor applies actually both to art and to faith, actually, um, that idea of feeling sort of alone with the people who you're closest to and feeling that um, that desire to search for something and that desire to, to, to pursue something that is um, not, not just people don't understand, but it's alienating to other people and they're trying to bring you back from it. Um, and it's also sort of interesting because there's a two sidedness to that. Cause that's also, you know, what being insane is about. And, and a lot of people who, go really deep into conspiracy theory you definitely see a lot of that in this movie um and i'm sure there's many people who probably saw this movie and and got into that that kind of conspiracy theory and got into that kind of um mindset of um you know believing in something uh and that uh, that could in some ways be close to delusion um but yeah so there's an aspect of it that's you know like digging into it thematically and then there's just the aspect of it that it's i mean the whole last i mean it's insane how long the last part of the movie is i mean that whole thing at the mountain is like a 30 minute sequence and it's almost i mean it's almost like at an, an experimental i mean the way he did it that which is we can talk about the music of it john williams wrote the score before um the film was made mm. So that scene is constructed. It's like the end of Good, the Bad, the Ugly, which I think you've seen, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the duel. Yeah. It's, they, he edited it to John Williams' music. So it's like if there's, when you're watching it, there's this feeling of it kind of being stretched out and being kind of almost like a, almost like a, I mean, really is like a musical sequence or or a, a symphony or something. Because the way people are moving, I mean, my dad was watching, he was pointing out like, where are these people going? Like, Sometimes that people are running to places. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But everything is Spielberg being in tune with the music and how the movement matches the music and the rhythm of shots. Because also, and that's also another reason I think there's a little bit of an emotional disconnect is sometimes you're pushing in on someone and you're, you're halfway to that sense of wonder, but you're also like, who is this person? Like I, this person, I don't have an emotional connection to them. It's not like when he pushes the camera in on, uh, Maria in West Side Story where you had this you know intimate connection um, but all of those shots all those things you know people walking one person walks into a frame then another person does and then a third person does closer to the camera um, are all sort of in service of the musicality of the ending um, I mean in in all ways it's it is really a film a blank check movie it is the movie of a guy who made i, it's, I don't know if jaws i think jaws was like the biggest movie ever at the time or at least one of them and they people they are just like yeah you can do whatever and there is there is an indulgence to it and um watching it as an older viewer i feel like i'm seeing that a little bit more of like like dude this is a very very long sequence but it's also you know kind of incredible yeah um yeah so. and the 30 minutes goes by fast at the end too like I'm I, glad to hear that. I, for me, I, I was a little worried. You'd be like, Jesus. Yeah. For me, I was just like, what? I mean, I definitely had the feeling of like, what is happening? You know, like I don't entirely know why we're staying in this area for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it has a little bit of that Raiders feel um, oh, where, yeah, you, where yeah. you kind of forget that the movie has, you know, 20, 30 minutes after, um, the uh the car chase scene i always like forget uh-huh. that there's like that scene on the boat 
and all that other stuff that happens. Yeah. yeah. And then they yeah. get uh, the submarine or all that. Right. I'm always like, oh, they're on the they're on the car chase and Indiana Jones like pulls the Mercedes piece off the front of the car, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're there. Right. That's usually how I think of it. But mm-hmm. um, I think that this movie kind of has uh, something like that going on at the end with everyone's kind of waiting to see what happens. And there's a bunch of things going on, but you're kind of like distracted and mm-hmm. also, there's a lot of chaos happening with people going around everywhere. So, yeah, yeah um, people running around, and I also just like that. There's definitely an evocation of of like, um, I mean, the whole idea of like all these people have disappeared and them coming out of this white light. I mean, it's de- he's definitely evoking kind of like an afterlife, yeah, um, kind of motif. Um, I don't know. I I feel uh, I it's it's weird. I have this this reticence to say anything bad about the movie. Not be not having like loyalty or anything like that, but just um, I've had experiences with this movie where I was moved incredibly deeply by it, and now I think I'm watching it with a little bit more. I feel a little bit more emotional distance from it, and I'm more watching it, going, "Wow, that's so well done." But it's like an intellectual appreciation rather than uh, an emotional uh, response. Um, but you know, all things considered, that's better than you could say for, you know, 98% of movies. So, yeah, yeah. I prefer to have that emotional response with movies, you know, that's absolutely, that's what, I mean, it connects us Juzo, but it also, it's, it's what makes me more of the casual on the show than not. Right. Mm. Like a movie can have cinematography, but if it's boring, it's boring, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think even you and Cameron agree with that, but at least you guys can like sit through it and be like yes like at least we're kind of peeling we're getting something cool out of this for me i'm like i'm this is a waste of time like i'm disengaged i wish i could get up and <laughs> uh-huh. leave you know uh-huh. um so but we should we should give a small recognition to the cinematography because this is an like an insanely beautiful looking movie oh and yeah we, i know i think i don't know if you guys still do the shot of the film thing but this that could go on for another hour just talking about different beautiful shots in the movie it's it's a pretty incredible achievement yeah yeah visually the movie is stylistic it's beautifully framed um i love the opening shots with the toys coming to life it's it's really Mm -hmm. um that's when it's like oh this movie doesn't just it's not an old it's not just an old movie it's like a really good looking old movie like Mm -hmm. when when they're when they're um kind of just leaning into that i think the effects have this timeless draw where it feels almost anything that looks outdated still looks hand drawn or something, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, it's all analog. Certainly even the yeah. clouds moving. I just read was, uh, they're using like salt water and some kind of, uh, you know, putting, dropping something into water and letting it oscillate. It's really, really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the, um, the movie is, it's like a few steps away from just getting an emotional response for me. And that's why I'm like, got to see it again. I, I'm sorry if this is like a movie that you love. I, I, I need to get there with you. You know, it just, it's gonna, it's, 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 it's go ahead. I don't know. Like it's, it's making me, um, want to dive more into Spielberg stuff. And that's how I'm feeling after recording the show. There's a part of me that's like, I should watch a Spielberg movie tonight just to see if it, mm-hmm. if our theory rings true. So I got to ask Juzo, mm. 
do I watch War of the Worlds or Ready Player One? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go with either of those. I mean, I think they're pretty good. I don't know. I So the only reason I, I was looking at War of the Worlds is because it was said he directed it. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both. Hit. I uh, was terrified of the poster as a kid. Like, it was just a horrifying... Oh, alien thing coming yeah down it's like the or, tentacles yeah. holding the earth and it's like kind oh, of yeah, red yeah. like it's just like a horrifying like image um now when i was looking at war of the worlds i was sadly reminded that i had to watch the original from 1953 in my film class and that, oh, really? that was super boring uh even when i was huh. kind of more into film i was like yeah i've seen drive i like movies um <laughs> yeah so i that yeah i was not super into the original war of the worlds and because it was in 53 it's much more focused on world war ii postmortem, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that you know of course right like that's kind of actually is it a world war one postmortem? is war of the worlds world war one 50 no 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 it would be after world war II, no no but yeah. it's based on a book by hg wells oh that's that's right yeah maybe you might be right about that i know the new the spielberg one is a little bit um it's definitely a little bit of a post 9-11 movie i mean it's definitely informed by that fear of of terrorism i mean i think um pretty overtly so um no it's actually before it's it's apparently it's 1897 wow that's crazy that's so yeah then i'm assuming the film is probably more inspired by world war Two, if I remember correctly, yes, there's something with scientists, and and that makes sense because I think they talk about nuclear weapons in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so serial, I can't say that word. 1897, uh, written between 1895 and 1897. But what war is it about? That's what I want to (laughs) know. I want to know. Okay. Commentary on the theory of evolution, British uh, colonialism, and Victorian era fears, superstitions, and prejudice. Okay. Well, hmm. um, I wonder if any of that carries over into Spielberg's. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I mean, a little. It's, it's, it is, I think, I mean, the, the 9 11 aspect, I think, is just a, like a, um, a tinge of the movie. It's, it's really a pretty. Uh, straightforward, pure sci-fi thriller. Um, if you're really going between the, I, I mean, I wouldn't choose between those two movies. But I, the thing about like Ready Player One to me is like is like pretty solid. It's also kind of embarrassing, but I, it's pretty enjoyable. Um, War of the Worlds to me is a weird thing where it's. I think the first thirty minutes of the movie are like absolutely brilliant, and then it kind of it weirdly peters out a lot by the end but Mm. the i mean the whole first sequences couple sequences once the invasion happens are i would say up there with anything he's ever done um but i mean i would you know pick minority report or jaws or i mean there's so many other spielberg movies i would recommend of, of that either of those so any closing comments, Yuzo? You know, we've watched a classic UFO movie. We just reviewed a very modern UFO movie. Um, I like some of the conversation we had around Wonder and Spielberg's films. You're obviously a huge fan of him. Mm. Is there anything you want to do to close? Or just talk about closing the episode. I mean, I, I think I've said m- most of my piece about the movie. Um, 
I mean, I think I got got to most aspects of it. And one thing I didn't mention is that I really like the, the performances in the movie. I was gonna mention he's he's throughout his career very adept at working with children in his movies, and the performances from the little kid in the movie is really quite extraordinary. And actually, Roy's kids as well. Um, but overall, um, I mean, I mean, if if we're talking about like. Should you see this movie? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I hope we haven't spoiled it too much. But in a way, it's like I don't think this movie matters that much, even if you have this it spoiled, because it's much more about the experience and the process of how things happen in the movie than what is going to happen. I mean, you kind of know what's going to happen. It's it's the archetype for a hundred, you know, movies in the last forty five years. Um, so it's there's no question it's it's a quintessential movie to see but i think it's something that's worth going into if you haven't seen it with a little bit of um some understanding that it it it, the pacing of it or the the emotional resonance might not be quite as direct as uh, some of his other movies and some other sci-fi movies in general um i mean frankly i find nope to be a more emotional emotionally impactful and the sibling relationship in that movie to be more um more impactful on me than the relationships in this movie um but again you know i you know there's so many factors with this sort of thing and um i apologize if i just seem a little bit wishy-washy about this because i just i've had a weird up and down sort of response to this movie over the years and i kind of wonder you know if i saw this movie in a theater i might just be like masterpiece this is the greatest thing ever because it, it might just need that kind of um experience of it really washing over you um but yeah having said all that it's it's definitely a a a great achievement yeah i wonder i mean no doubt at the time if you had seen this movie i think it would it would blow you away i'm sure it had a dune Mm s quality to it in the theaters (laughs) at the time yeah i mean uh, to be honest like i have no idea how i'm gonna feel about dune but the cinematic experience that was probably one of the first movies where I was like, okay, maybe I could understand why people like Avatar or some of these other mm-hmm. spectacle oh, movies. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, because yeah. um, this movie does have a spectacle aspect, but I just don't know if it translates with time. What does translate is like Spielberg's craftsmanship, the spirit of mm-hmm. wonder, you know, in in his movies, and I think that's only amplifies like kind of the the feeling that it's sort of like this spectacle movie. Um, the ending, the ending moments, like the wide shots of the mothership and stuff, like all, mm. all of that is like just a flex, right? And it's like, be amazed, <laughs> be amazed. The music is swelling, mm. you know, be amazed, right? Um, and yeah, I just, it didn't click with me, but I'm not closed off to it. It's definitely not a terrible movie. It's definitely like something that, is very well made for the time. I wished that I connected with it. And I think what you're saying with Nope, like Nope is so like, it was so good. And I just feel like because it's in that modern voice with a craftsmanship, that's like just uh, incredible. Maybe going to an older movie that was trying to be a spectacle movie didn't click as well. Maybe there's something to Mm -hmm. that, but I think it has to do with the script actually more than the, because I, I, you know, I don't think Peel is like a, he's obviously not a greater craftsman than Spielberg, but it's, I think it's just that that movie has more of a through line with the, with the characters and a little bit more going on. Yeah. Um, 
and th- this movie is a little bit more as i said earlier it's a little more stretched out a little bit um a little bit indulgent uh yeah. even though you know if, if anyone any director i want to see indulgence from it is spielberg i mean uh but yeah all right well i think that wraps it up juzo thank you for taking us on another adventure with spielberg and his creativity <laughs> i i love to actually watch movies with with you that you're like a big fan of because I'm surprised. I'm surprised we didn't fight more. I was like, I feel like I was kind of negative on this one. Um, but it was interesting to kind of, I guess, understand each other in this, in this, in this dialogue. Usually we have a better episode when we're, you know, really throwing the punches. So yeah, maybe, maybe we have to, you should bring her back for ET. Cause like, if you start <laughs> slagging ET, I'm going to, I'm going to come at you. But yeah, this, this, I, I can definitely, I, I was watching it. I was going, if I, if Isaac like hates this, I, I can, I get it. You know, yeah. it's, it is a little slow, but I don't know. Well, thank you for your time, Juzo. Thank you guys for listening to the show. We post every Tuesday, sometimes Monday night, just because Monday's a good day for us to record. We appreciate your support, and we'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.